She's calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter, yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs out, ah, nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter, yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs out, ah, nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Hey. What's going on, everybody? Happy Saturday to everybody out there. It's your boy Martin, and I'm with. Vic, how's how we doing? Your favorite Bay Area sports team podcast. We are Beards by the Bay, bringing you guys some more in-depth analysis with all Bay Area teams. Although right now, only one Bay Area team's playing. That's the Quakes. Still lacking sports. Still not happy. But hey, Drake dropped yesterday, so could be worse. Yeah, and I know we're waiting for the album, but anytime we can get a sneak peek of a few songs, that's great. But yeah, we do want that album. It, it feels like it's, I mean, Scorpion was two summers ago, about uh, like the 4th of July, two summers ago. So we're still waiting on an album. Yeah, we're still waiting on that. The world needs it. The, the summer needs it. If we're not going to yeah. be able to go out this summer, we're going to need a little bit of Drake. 2020 needs it. 2020, I need it. We need a Kendrick album too, but we don't need to go down that rabbit Ooh. hole because I could talk about that forever. Ooh, okay. But it's, if it's been, it's been since what, Damn, that was like four... Almost five summers ago. Yeah, 2017. Oh, I'm tripping. Okay, like three, four years, but still, it feels like it's a long-ass time. Hey, 2020s felt like four years, so. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'll give it to you. And so the NFL, they're gearing up to get the season started, so we're going to take a look into the three teams that we're most excited to look out for this season. Not exactly the three best teams in the NFL this season, but three teams that we're looking forward to watching. And will post-COVID championships in all of sports have an asterisk next to their name? Do they, they should. Have- Oh, <laughs> we'll get to that. But they should. <laughs> well, that's the end of the segment right there. Yeah, exactly. No need to go into it. <laughs> uh, going forward, uh, is it championship or bust for the Dodgers at this point? After so many years winning the division, is it championship or bust for the Dodgers? And last but not least, we are halfway through the seventh month of the year. So we've gotten plenty of good music. 2020 sucks so far, but we've gotten plenty of great albums so far. Now, we've chosen five of our favorite albums this year. Uh, Just looking down on the list, we have maybe one, maybe two that we might agree with. So we're going to definitely take a look at that. So that's coming up next. So July for all sports fans usually means two things. It usually means baseball and it means NFL training camp. So as of now, we still don't have baseball. But NFL is still right around the corner. And we've had an interesting offseason in the NFL. We've had some teams make some big moves, some very dumb moves. And at the end of the day, we have narrowed it down to three teams that we are looking out for this season. So in no particular order, Vic, what's your first one? First one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that that's on the top of everyone's list. If you were to ask what do you – what. What team is going to be the most interesting going into the year? I mean, they went seven and nine last season, and 
I can speak firsthand because we opened the season in Tampa Bay. The 49ers played the Buccaneers week one. Um, and that is a game that I'm glad happened in week one because Tampa Bay kind of found a rhythm towards the end of the season. I know they finished under 500, but they definitely found that rhythm. And you take Jameis Winston out of the equation and whoever their quarterbacks have been for the last couple seasons, and you put Tom Brady in there and you have the addition of Gronkowski, like, I, I'm not with because obviously the 49ers in the, are in the NFC, so I'm not just going to crown the Buccaneers the best team in the NFC like a lot of people on ESPN have done since the Tom Brady signing. But they're definitely a team to look out for and a team that's going to be exciting to watch. Like, can Tom Brady replicate that success that he had in Foxborough down in Tampa Bay with a new fan base and just a new everything about that whole life? His whole lifestyle is going to change. So, Tampa Bay is an exciting team to watch. But a side note is that I still don't even think they're the best team within that their own division, the NFC South. So, oh. and you got you got the Falcons who added Todd Gurley. Um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of people crowning the Buccaneers really early when the Saints are still in that division. So, yes, they're an exciting team, and like you said before, this isn't about the three best teams moving into the season. It's about what the most interesting and exciting headlines. So. If Tampa can overcome New Orleans, that would be a feat in itself. So that's a really interesting division to look at at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I actually had the Bucks, um in my top three as well, obviously for obvious reasons. Uh, just an electrifying offense that's ready to come. Mike Evans, Chris Goodwin, one of the most elite receiving duos. They got Ronald Jones in the backfield. Obviously, Gronk coming out of retirement is a story within itself. And one of, one of the storylines that has kind of been – overshadowed if you will is their defense was actually not that bad it was somewhat promising and they went seven and nine with a quarterback with bad vision yeah i mean they had the they had the nfl's leading sacker uh most sacks in the season right uh what was his name shaq lawson or shaq barrett whatever his name was he off the edge he led the nfl in sacks so they have a young defensive core to work around Exactly. So if you got that firepower on the offensive side, and you got a promising defensive side. And again, they went seven and nine with a quarterback that couldn't see, put up 33 yeah. touchdowns and 30 interceptions. And they went seven and nine against the Saints team that was by far the best team in that division. So the division is may it may not be as accessible as the AFC East was, but it's still wild card is still definitely within reach. So yeah. I'm really excited to see how Tom Brady's going to do in a new system without Bill Belichick. And it's going to hopefully put an end to the story between, was it Tom Brady or Bill Belichick that received all the credit? So that's definitely the most interesting team to look out for uh, this upcoming season. But give me your number two. Who's your number two? Uh, it's It ties into who my number one is. You got the New England Patriots because for for since since Brady left and it had been the speculations of, is this Brady's last season in Foxborough? Uh, they're going to go with Stidham, the Auburn quarterback, and it was going to be a lot of question marks. Are they rebuilding? And then all of a sudden they made the signing that people like myself and I'm sure a lot of other people want it to happen, which is Cam Newton to the Patriots. And that changes everything. Like they they go from losing the Super Bowl winning as quarterback of all time and one of the greatest athletes of all time to adding an MVP in himself who's been in the Super Bowl and has a lot of experience and brings a dynamic to that team that they've never faced, like or that they've never had. So you go from a pocket quarterback, Brady, who's slow, and obviously is the one of the smartest quarterbacks of all time, but you bring a athletic, fast, fleet-footed quarterback who can move in the pocket and get, get receivers open and make plays out of nothing. So I think that the Patriots 
all of a sudden went from a team that it's like, okay, maybe they get maybe five, six wins to now they're going to be competing with the Bills for that division. Because if you think Cam Newton's going to go into that team and not provide a spark and not make them competitive, that's crazy. I mean, Cam Newton was a former MVP. Like, that team's going to be legit. You were just looking on my list, huh? Yeah, I will. I mean, the first two, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and just get this one out of the way, too. Yeah, my number two are the Patriots. Uh, basically, everything you already covered. But, I mean, basically, it's the first time Bill Belichick has had a rushing quarterback with the Patriots, right, in mm-hmm. modern time. So Tom Brady was a pocket quarterback, not exactly the most mobile, but one of the smartest quarterbacks we've ever seen. And all of a sudden, you have Cam Newton that's coming on his revenge tour after leaving the Panthers the way that he did. And they have an offense that doesn't exactly have a lot of weapons right now, giving Cam Newton that liberty to basically do whatever the hell he wants to do. So that's it's going to be interesting to see how Cam Newton plays completely free. And their defense was solid last season. If, if their defense wasn't as solid as it was last season, they may not have made the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. I was, I was. If you remember when we were making our power rankings, I was hating on the Patriots pretty hard. Yeah, and so, rightfully so. I mean, they they fell apart. It, it, yeah, they fell apart. Once their defense fell apart, they fell apart. So yeah. you got Cam Newton, who's going to be able to run and dictate the offense with barely any weapons. You got a solid defense. You got one of the greatest court, uh, coaches of all time in Bill Belichick, and in an accessible division. You know, the Bills are coming up. The Dolphins are pretty interesting too but it's still the Patriots division up for grabs so that for me is still the most interesting team out of that division but give me your number one who's your number one number one and I mean these are all like I don't even like to rank them in terms of interest because they all have their own storylines and this one this one I've been saying since the end of the season and it bothers me because they're so close to home but the Arizona Cardinals and Oof. As a Niner fan, and I know a lot of other Niner fans can attest to this, it, regardless of that roster that Arizona puts out that year, they're always, always, always our toughest opponent. Not Seattle, not the Rams. It would surprise people that aren't watching Niner games week in and week out because everyone's like, okay, Seattle and San Francisco, those are the matchups. But we went through a period where Seattle was just destroying us every game. But Arizona, on the different, on the other hand, that's always a close game, regardless of who's their quarterback. And now you got Kyler Murray coming into his second season. You you somehow, I don't know what the GMs were thinking, you land DeAndre Hopkins, who in my opinion is the best wide receiver in football, to add to Larry Fitzgerald and a young receiving core with uh, Christian Kirk. And, I mean, they got Kenyon Drake. That defense is young. I, I They signed someone on defense. I can't remember his name right at this moment, but they signed someone who's going to change and help that defense. And uh oh, the dra- it, excuse me, it was the draft pick of Isaiah Simmons, the Clemson kind of hybrid linebacker safety plays all those positions. He's a George Kittle stopper. That's why they got him. So Ooh. Arizona is Arizona, in my opinion, just surpassed the Rams easily. I mean, the Rams are almost in rebuild mode. Uh, Seattle, Seattle. You got Russell Wilson. You always got to respect that. But Arizona and outside of the 49er matchups, I think that they're a mismatch for every team, including us, because you got Kyler Murray and you have two future Hall of Fame wide receivers on the outside. And then you got Kenyon Drake, who kind of revitalized his career after that trade from the Dolphins last season. So Arizona, mark my words here in the in the middle of July that we will lose one, if not both games to Arizona this season because we have an issue with mobile quarterbacks, and it's 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 going to be a problem for years to come because it's only Murray's second season. 
I think you guys have the toughest division in football right now. At yeah, easily. Easily. Right? So be on the lookout, man, because as you know from last season, one win could be a difference between skipping the wild card round and playing that first weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, and now with only one bye per conference, that's going to be even more massive. So those those two matchups against Arizona, I can't stress it enough that how, how massive they are because we finally, as the 49ers, we finally – overcame that that fear and that kind of bully mentality that Seattle was just going to come in and beat us regardless of home or away. And we went up into Seattle week 17 to handle business. So I think that, that those demons are gone. Like Seattle's kind of in the rear view. We established ourselves, but Arizona's the team that like out of all teams on the Niners schedule, like we play the Saints, we play uh, Green Bay, like we play some good teams. We play the Bills, the Patriots. The one that scares me the most is Arizona twice. Be on the lookout for that. Number one for me, no surprise, the Las Vegas Raiders, man. I mean, <laughs> Las Vegas. Dude, I mean, is there really any other option? I mean, first time in Derek Carr's career that he has the same offensive scheme for three consecutive years. They've added receivers. Henry Ruggs is no joke, man. That dude can ball out. Josh yeah. Jacobs, mark my words. Mark my words. I said it right now, July 17th. Josh Jacobs will be top five running back this season. Yeah, I agree with that. Top five running back this season. Last year, he was he should have won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Do we remember who? Do we remember who goes? Is it Kyler Murray? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's tough when you're going up against him, but I do agree, and I have been a Josh Jacobs advocate since you guys drafted him. I I love that pick, and he even got plugged on the Madden ratings with his. Uh, break tackle ability, like he's third in all running backs. I mean, at the end of the day, how how much can you judge a player on what Madden says? But, I mean, ESPN's using it, and I see it all over Twitter, so that's a good thing for a second-year running back. He's a baller, man. He's a baller. So I, I definitely expect a lot of big things on the offensive side. The defensive side, obviously, defense let us down a lot last season. What else is new? But they've made some big acquisitions in that, um, in that side of the football. So I'm expecting big things from the Raiders. They got that energy coming in into a brand-new stadium. I'm expecting really big things, man, but it's still up in the air because obviously we have to see that dude. Uh, what's the, what's the quarterback's name for uh, Kansas City? The the guy that's pretty good. What's his name? Yeah, Mister Five Hundred Million. Yeah, so we got to see him twice a year, and we got to make the trip out to Denver. And you know, the Chargers are no joke, so it's a tough division. So I'm not entirely sure where we're going to finish off because at the end of the day, the the ones that kill off the Raiders are the Raiders themselves. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have to wait and see about that. But offensively, man. They got they got some boys out there that can make some plays. Derek Carr's no joke. His stats last season were very very underrated. He put up some really great numbers. He actually put better numbers up than Tom Brady did last season. That's not saying much, but you got to yeah. put some respect on my boy Carr's name, man. He's coming in a little bit more experience under his belt. Like I said, third straight year with the same offensive scheme. This is their year to explode. And last season, you know, we were crippled by. I, Antonio Brown just decided to be a diva last minute, man. We got taken away from our best receiver, not not only the best receiver in the team, but arguably the best receiver in the league, just out of the team, like right before the start of the season. So yeah, and it's does. It, it's crazy because that's it's very true that something something like that and all the drama, and we're watching it on Hard Knocks, especially. Um, it kind of just impacted the whole season. Like it wasn't like okay, Antonio's Brown, Antonio Brown is gone. Let's move on. It it 
it really felt like you felt like that was something that carried with the Raiders all the way through week 17. And I think it's a great opportunity for them to turn the page. And I mean, moving to Vegas or staying in Oakland, I mean, it doesn't, it, it's just a great opportunity to start new. You got a new stadium, just put things behind you. And I know it sucks for local fans like yourself. And I mean, I can't even imagine, but it is a time to turn the page and a fresh start is always welcome. So we're, I'm, I'm excited to see him. So again, this is our list of the most exciting teams to see and not who's going to perform the best, but the most exciting teams to see. Speaking of exciting, there's nothing more exciting in October than watching the Dodgers blow it in the postseason. Now, the only question is, is it championship or bust for the Dodgers this season? That's coming up next. <laughs> So after two World Series appearances and no rings, the Dodgers find themselves in a difficult situation. They've spent so much money and they still don't have any silverware. Now, Vic, is the 20 season, 2020 season, is it championship or bust for the Dodgers? I think it's been championship or bust for the Dodgers for about the last since the reign of the Giants kind of ended and we've fallen off on the NOS titles, it's been championship or bust for them for about four or five years now. And I love how this question's coming up in a season, like I said in the last episode, a season that is going to most definitely have an asterisk next to it. And it would be very fitting if the Dodgers win their first World Series since 1988 on a season that's short and some players have backed out and all that stuff. And I know... From experience, the Dodger fans are going to consider it as a world, like a, an official, legitimate World Series. But I don't even, even if the Giants win the World Series, I'm not, I'm still going to stand by my statement of that. There's an asterisk, and it's just, it's completely different. Like it's not the same grueling season and All Star break, and like all these guys are so fresh, and you only got to play 60 games. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers won 55 games out of those. So, like the the Dodgers can have their glory. And we know what happens in the postseason. I mean, most likely going to self-implode. But with a team like they have, like you get, you already have Cody Bellinger MVP. You got a uh, Justin Turner. You got all those guys, and then you bring in Mookie Betts, the AL MVP. It's like, it's not even. This is this is borderline worse than what the Warriors did in terms of bringing Kevin Durant to a team that was already as good as it was. The Dodger, but the difference is the Warriors were established and they were winning titles already. And then they are, and then they brought on Kevin Durant. The Dodgers are looking for all these. They're going to basically, unless they get Mike Trout on the team and add some more pitching, like they are monopolizing their team in the MLB. And it doesn't matter because they haven't won. So I know both of us love to talk shit about the Dodgers, and it just it's it's just funny how it doesn't matter who they add that they're always going to be blowing it up in the playoffs. And I mean, you lose two straight World Series and one on your home field in Game Seven, like. I don't want to hear anything about it. So that's rough. Yeah, I mean, imagine not being able to see your favorite baseball team win a world championship in your era. Yeah, we we expect greatness from the Giants going through the early 2010s with the World Series runs, and it's just I can't even imagine like losing to the Cubs in the NLDS hurt like hell. So imagine getting all the way to the World Series twice in a row, and. The, the difference between a Giants and Dodgers fans is Dodgers fans have the audacity to speak when they have nothing to prove 
they're like they're, it, it just they me <laughs> just don't even talk dude like I, my my example that drives me crazy is before i lived in san diego i never went down to dodger stadium but i made it a case that every time the giants are playing in la i'd make a little road trip and my first giants game i got called all sorts of names it's real that the dodger fan the the, the respect that you get at dodger stadium as a giants fan is significantly different than the respect that dodger fans get at, at uh, at&t park and i firmly believe that like i Dodger fans are ruthless and I'm not going to use the language because it it is really bad. But one thing that stuck out to me was we lost that game. The Giants lost that game. I'm walking out of the stadium with my ring ceremony jersey and a guy comes up to me and asks me how it feels that we haven't won the NL West in X amount of years, like seven or eight years without an NL West title. And I literally looked at him and I showed him my right arm that had World Series champion patch on it. And I said, this is all I got to say. Because you can have all your NLS titles, but what what does that equate to at the end of the day? So, I mean, the Dodgers overall are just a very interesting franchise. They have an interesting fan base, and I think that their credibility as fans is next to zero. Because I just there's what are you going to argue with me about? Like you you have nothing on the resume. Your 1988 Kirk Gibson weak ass moment. Like that's the only <laughs> thing that that's the only thing the Dodgers have, and Clayton Kershaw's. Cy Young and perfect games and whatever, like that's great. Be a great regular season team. No, you're never going to be, you're never going to be the Giants. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the ring ceremony jersey because whenever I go to a Giants game and they play the Dodgers, that's the one I wear. You have that, to. That automatically says you can't talk anything to me. The- yeah, they will never wear the gold plated jerseys, yeah. and and if they do, it's going to be on some weird asterisk COVID nineteen World Series and. <laughs> They're going to try and claim that it's as difficult or as real as getting a, a regular season World Series if everything was normal, and it, it's just not. So and you know what? I always I always mention it to them. I always ask them like, if someone talks shit to me at the game, I'm like, how old are you? And let's say they're they're under thirty. I'm like, yo, chances are you weren't even alive when the Dodgers last won a World Series, bro. I saw three World Series parades. How many have you seen? Yeah, it's just the nerve. Like That's the nerve crazy. is off the charts. I don't I don't understand how or why. It's just LA teams in general. It's not just the Dodgers, but just so not not SoCal because San Diego is a little bit different. But LA fans in general just have this like audacity to speak, and it's crazy because like <laughs> the Rams just moved to LA what like three years ago, and when I went to the Niners Rams game in LA, like people were talking crazy, and I'm like, oh, so you're a St. Louis Rams fan, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just jumped on in the last six months, so chill out. Bro, nobody was a St. Louis Rams fan. Let's let's keep it real, real quick. Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> but let's let's be real for a second, bro. Like after all this spending, I mean, seven straight seasons of all the of just topping off the most money spent in the league. They spent more than a billion dollars on players for nothing. Top five in spending since 2013, and they have no rings. That's embarrassing at this point because if you look at the team that they have. I mean, look, like, let's take our hats off for a second. They got an amazing roster. They've had an amazing roster. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything if you can't win. They made two World Series appearances since, what, in the last, they went 2017. I think it was 18. either 17 and 18 or yeah, 16 and 17. 17 18. And in 2018, they got swept by the Red Sox. They had no chance in that World Series. So yeah. realistically, they, I mean, one World Series that they blew it themselves. Right. And it's it's embarrassing, bro. Like, how are you going to spend all this money and not even compete? At least when the Warriors brought Kevin Durant, they won. 
and they would have won again. They would have three-peated if KD doesn't go off injured, right? So if you're going to spend that money, bro, if you're going to play the villain, if you're going to monopolize a game like that, at least put some rings on that. You, yeah, do it for a reason, right? Why are you, why are you getting all this, all this talent for nothing? To win 100 games in the regular season and then get swept in the World Series. Like, bro, you don't need to bring in all these star players. You don't need to bring in David Price just to win the NL West that you're going to win regardless and then choke it in the in the, in the the postseason. Yeah, and I mean, look, look at, for example, look at the 20, 2012 Giants World Series run. You got a guy like Ryan Terrio. I don't know if you remember. Ryan yeah. Terrio scored the game-winning, game-winning run in Game 4 to sweep the Tigers and give us our second World Series in two years – or three years, sorry – Ryan Terrio is a guy like the Giants and everyone knows this. The Giants were built on misfits. You got Aubrey Huff and Pat Burrell in the first year and Cody Ross and all that. And then you add Andres Torres and Marco Scudero and just people that essentially not were nobodies, but were just very average MLB guys. And they came together for the same goal and made it happen. So you add all this star power to the Dodgers. and It's just not meshing like, okay, great. You're one through five. You're, you're two through five batters can hit. 30 home runs each but you're gonna get swept in the world series because that that literally just happens so you can hit all the home runs you want hit for average have kershaw win 20 games but they just don't make it happen when it counts so if you look at the pitching rotation that the dodgers had in 2017 which i think was probably their best year that they had you look at their rotation their starting pitchers that year compared to the starting pitchers we had in 2014 it's completely different. We had, I say this again, we had no business winning 2014. What were they? So I know there was Kershaw and Granky. Who was their three? Uh, I think it was Rich Hill. Darvish was there. You, yeah, you're right. You, Darvish. That's right. correct. He got picked up uh, towards the, the middle of the season. Um, oh, the, 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 I forget his Ryu? name. Yes. Yes. So, he yeah, I mean, you. You look at that road. You look at the rotation and games one and two. You're facing Kershaw and Granke, both Cy Young winners. And then you look at the rotate the Giants in 2014, game seven, arguably the biggest game that franchise has played, even through their three World Series runs. That was one of the biggest games ever. And we started Tim Hudson. Yep. Like we didn't throw, we didn't have Kershaw or Granke, or the next season right after. And and we had Jake Peavy in that rotation. Yeah. Like we had a bunch of guys who were good ten years before that. Yeah, and we made it happen. So yeah. no, th- there's no excuse. I mean, Granke, Kershaw, game one and two, and then you go back to them game five and six. Like there's no reason that they should have lost. And so you know that's that's where you kind of bring it up again is, is money can't buy championships. So no, if you're can't. spending all this money on players, you got to put a ring to it because if not, you're going to keep being the embarrassment of California because you got a team up north that they've been pretty irrelevant the last few years. And guess what? They still have three more championship rings than your team has had since the '80s. Yeah, and being irrelevant is going to be a thing of the past pretty soon because our farm system is significantly better than it's been in the last like almost five six years. And it it baseball is a, a sport where it doesn't just take one person, but we make a couple key signs, and the Dodgers payroll is going to be run, like they can't pay all these guys forever. Yeah. So I think the uh, obviously a side note: the Padres are a team to look out for. They got a lot of good young talent, and the Rockies are a great team. Always they win almost all their home games. Um, but the Giants, it's it's kind of time to get out of that rear view because we've been falling off ever since 2016. Uh, the, you got to admit it as a Giants fan, it's mm-hmm. been kind of harsh to watch them. And 
but they did that generation of players from 2010 to 2015 came in they did their business they you can't ask more of a team than what happened so that's why i'm not as as like what the hell are the giants doing and this sucks and whatever like we won three world series in five years that is almost in baseball because in other sports you see a three-peat in the nba sometimes very rarely the super bowl will feature the same team two years in a row but in mlb there's damn near always a different team in the world series so to win three and five and we just gotta we just gotta accept that we're in a rebuild process but i think we're coming out of it which is fine you know but if if we're able to rebuild and compete and win before the dodgers even win once bro you guys better block me on twitter because i'm gonna be fucking annoying (laughs) (laughs) if the giants win a world series before the dodgers get their first one since 88 and we went through a rebuild process yeah i cannot wait till that first game yeah. i go back to dodger yeah. stadium i'm gonna be annoying i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna get in, into some fights at dodger stadium because people are gonna want to kick my ass yeah that's fine that's fine not hear the end of it but you've mentioned it before if even if the dodgers win this season they're gonna have an asterisk next to their name now my question to you vic is does that does that count for all the leagues we've seen shortened seasons We've seen uh, delayed seasons. We've seen a little bit of everything so far due to this COVID outbreak. So teams that have been playing before the COVID starts have gotten an extended break in between the season. Teams that did not get to start their season have been delayed a little bit. So injuries have been delayed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now we're getting used to the idea of sports coming back. Some with shortened seasons, some with others. Some of us, Vic, think that that win this season their titles will not mean the same can you elaborate so if we do it on a league basis i know i just spoke about the mlb the mlb is the one that just jumps jumps at me first because normally you're playing a hundred more games than what they're they're scheduled for right now um all the players have had i mean it's an equal playing field i'm not saying it's any different than that but all the players are all fresh um, it's not the same opponents, which is a big thing as well. Um, and it's just it just doesn't feel like it's gonna be a legitimate season and you you're only traveling within like that those things matter. Like when the when the Giants play the Mets or the Giants play the Marlins, like you're at a disadvantage and now you're just like the furthest flight for the Giants, and I'm only speaking because I looked at their schedule, is gonna be the Astros this season. Like a three hour flight as opposed to uh almost six hour flight to miami to go play the uh, marlins and you got to go play the nationals and the mets and whatever like it's just different so for the mlb um and because they didn't start and stop i think it's definitely an asterisk and then you transition to the nba which is the most interesting one i think because the season was already taking place it's not like they're just having 20 whatever games then a finals then gonna give out the nba finals so I've been my opinion on that has kind of changed over the last couple of weeks of thinking about it and looking looking at it. The teams that got invited to Orlando are the teams that did enough in the regular season before COVID 
to earn the right to be there. So, and at the end of the day, you're playing basketball. There's nothing, there's no, like, obviously the fans aren't going to be there, but it's the same court, same hardwood, like same shoes, like, and it's just talent against talent. So I think the NBA one, maybe not should carry an asterisk, but then it goes to the question of if there's an asterisk in one sport, why shouldn't they be in all? So I wouldn't be surprised if they put them in all. And then you got the NFL, obviously, which we don't know is going to start on time. But if if the NFL starts on time, the only difference is the fans. Like, there's no reason why it should be considered an asterisk Super Bowl. So that's my take on them. And then obviously you got the NHL. We don't really know where they stand at. But it's kind of the same as the NBA. Like, the NHL had their season. They were a month away from playoffs. So for sports, for, for leagues that were already basically a month from the playoffs, like, there's no reason to consider it a lesser feat because they they won so many games in the regular season. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that might be considered unfair is if certain athletes, for example, in the NBA, because I think the NBA is a little bit different than like MLB because MLB hadn't even started. Um, but in the NBA, you, you were in the middle of the season. Players obviously had knocks. They had some lingering injuries and everything. So that extensive time gave him a little bit more time to heal. So come playoff time, you know, you may be seeing a completely healthier version of, of certain players. I think that might be the only difference in that. But I think when it comes to it, all the teams experience the same thing. All the teams experience that delay. All the teams are starting up again. All the teams are going to play the same amount of games. So I think it's a fairly evened out. So I think it's not to say that there's going to be asterisk, but compared to other titles, especially in baseball, right? So Let's say, right, let's let's keep going with the same example. So let's say the Dodgers win the season. They're going to win a 60 regular season title, right? Mm-hmm. 60 games in the regular season and the postseason. 60 games compared to 162-game season is very different, especially on the body. So that might be a little bit different. But when it comes to the NBA, they're still playing the same games. And, again, they only invited teams that were actually in the bubble. You know, they didn't invite the, the teams that had no chance. Yeah. So it might vary between leagues. But overall, man, I mean, it's it's going to be remembered one way or another, regardless. So we're going to have to see the NFL because I think the NFL having fans will actually be a very, very pivotal part in that because you have a lot of teams. For example, Seattle, if you go to Seattle with no fans, it's completely different than playing them with fans. Yeah, that's that's true. So that might be the only thing. But again, it, it just kind of varies onto it. So let me ask you this. So you say keeping the same example let's say the Dodgers win you say that it's not going to be the same would would you feel the same if for some reason the Giants ended up winning or the Niners ended up winning yeah and I said that I said that in the prior segment that I I stand by my statement even if the Giants win because on paper the Giants don't realistically have a shot talent wise there's a lot of young guys coming in a lot of rebuilding with the new coach all that I mean anything could happen but regardless of if it's the Giants or the Dodgers or the Seattle Mariners, I don't I don't really care. My opinion doesn't change on <clears throat> it's a different season. It's a different schedule. You're only traveling to places that are close by. It's just everything's different. So no, if the Giants won, obviously I'd be happy, but I don't think I would be like, okay, yeah, that's our fourth World Series in the, in the decade or in this coming to start of 2020, whatever. So, and then for the NFL, um, like you said, like, yeah, the fans not being in Seattle or New Orleans or places that are loud, Buffalo, like that, that does affect it. But if this, if the schedule stays the same and all players are allowed to play and all that stuff, like the fans shouldn't, fans not being there shouldn't dictate 
if a Super Bowl is legitimate or not. Because at the end of the day, you got to put the pads on and you got to win the game. And obviously, fan noise in Seattle is a factor. And I'm, I'm, if there's no fans, that's an advantage for teams such as the 49ers that have to go up there and play. So, at the end of the day, man, I'll take my teams winning a championship. Asterisk or not, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I don't give a damn. Yeah, no, that's a good positive mindset. I don't give a damn. So, last but not least on the segment, top five albums of the year so far, Vic. We got plenty to choose from. I like your music taste. We've discussed this before. I want to hear your five. That's coming up next. This just in breaking news from your favorite Bay Area sports podcast. Former Dodgers outfielder Yasiel Puig tested positive for COVID-19, thus jeopardizing his signing with the Braves this season. Vic, what's your reaction? What's your first take? Uh, it's interesting because that is someone that we've talked about with uh, on the show with Butcher Boy that day, and I know me and you talk about it, that that would have been an interesting signing um, with Bumgarner leaving, that that kind of – it opened the door to potentially accepting him, kind of a Richard Sherman coming to the Niners. And I think it was someone that we could have used, but regardless of where he went, that's a blow because that's someone that you consider is going to come in and start games in your outfield. So um, it's, I mean, it's not shocking because there's obviously some other athletes who have got it, but it definitely sucks in terms of for the Braves organization because they're a really young, super talented team that could have definitely used some veteran presence in the outfield. Yeah, so we're you know we're gonna keep him in our prayers. Hopefully, everything is good for him and his family. Um, kind of selfish. Now it's probably not selfish to talk about, but the fact that stood out to me was the fact that his signing with the Braves isn't gonna go through. So I wonder why that is necessarily because I haven't heard of any other cases where an athlete's contract is being either terminated or jeopardized um, by this situation like that. But. If the deal with the Braves doesn't go through, I mean, shit, dude, I'll happily take him in, in San Francisco at this point. After, yeah, after it opens the door. You know, when's the last time we had a good hitting outfielder? Probably 100 points, yeah. 2012? It's been, it's been a long time. I said since Bonds left, there's just yeah. not enough power on that team. Yeah, so, so we'll, 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 we'll gladly take him. So, again, everything, hope everything is okay for him and his family. Um, hope, wish him nothing but the best. Um, but 2020. Terrible year, great music. Lots of great albums have dropped. Seems like almost every artist has at least dropped at least, at least a song, at least a single this year. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, Vic, give me your top five favorite albums so far of the year. Number five. Number five, we're going to start with uh, Amuse Inner Feelings by Division. Uh, I'm not sure how much you've uh, listened to this group. Uh, they're part of OVO, kind of that Drake, Tory Lanez, Party Next Door vibes. They definitely are R&B oriented. Uh, I started listening to them in 2017, and I'm absolutely obsessed. Uh, they make, like I said, that slower R&B, that late night drive stuff. And uh, I couldn't wait for that album to be released. And it's definitely been something that I've been 
playing late night driving back from San Mateo or whatever, wherever I'm going. It's just a great, it's a great nighttime listen. And it kind of has a little bit of like summer beach chilling vibe. So it's a, I'm, I'm happy to put division in the top five and kind of get it, get it out to those people who haven't, who haven't really checked them out yet. Yeah. I'm one of them. I'm going to have to go ahead and check that album out. Uh, number five for me, one of my favorite artists um, out in the game right now. I've been following him for a cool minute. Bad Bunny's Yo Hago Lo Que Me Da La Gana album. Obviously, Vic, uh, I know your Spanish isn't exactly um, fantastico, but... Yeah, it's it's fantastico. It's, it's <laughs> that accent says it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, but the, the album, what I really like about Bunny is that even if you don't really know too much Spanish, it's still a lot of vibes. It's still, you know, you can still listen to the songs and still appreciate the songs for what it is. You know, he has... Songs that will get you in your feelings. He has songs that, you know, they'll play it in the club eventually. Um, mm-hmm. He has a little bit of everything. And so far, I mean, he's turned out with uh, three projects. He's three for three. Never missed. So, yeah, that's good. Good percentage. Yeah, definitely up there for me. Number four, Vic, what's next? Number four for me is Wanna. I hope I'm pr- pronouncing it right. Wanna by Gunna. Um, and cool, surprisingly, huh? so, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Surprisingly, Gunna makes my list after really being someone I never really listened to. Um, I mean, obviously on some features and he's got that album with Lil Baby. Like he's he's definitely put out some heat, but this album kind of changed it. There's a lot of there's a lot of bangers on there. And it's just there's not it's not so much like the summer vibe, but he has this vibe about him. That's just it's just different than other rappers. And I've really open my mind to listening to him and i'm and i'm upset because he was at rolling loud uh last summer and everyone who i was with was kind of like we got to go to the gunna set and me i was like you know that's not really my guy like i'm gonna watch whoever else is on over here and now looking back on it like i would have most definitely ran to his set before whoever i was listening to so gunna's up and coming on my radar of artists that i'm listening to okay okay well you can't mention gunna without mentioning little baby so number four on my list Lil Baby, my turn, man. Lil Baby has never missed. I'm holding it yeah. to it, bro. 20, 2020 has never missed. Never made a bad song. That project, mm-hmm. man, I will run through that project like it's nothing. The features are splendid. The flow is terrific. Bro, it just Lil, Lil, Lil Baby's just he's he's on his way to becoming one of the elite rappers of all time for me. Yeah, no, he's nice. He's nice. He's super smooth with it. So Gonna definitely check out for little baby. So number three, Vic, what's next? Number three, and uh, it's a it's an emotional one, and it's it's already a number three because, and I say already because this album came out last Thursday, uh, but there's so much anticipation behind it. It's Legends Never Die by Juice World. Um, aside from the fact that there's some great, very like typical Juice World songs on there, there's a couple of little snippets of him talking on his Instagram live or given a message at some of his concerts. And I did happen to catch Juice World live about three, four months before he passed away. I'm very thankful for that. And they actually used a snippet from Rolling Loud on his, uh, on that new album about just like, I love everyone and love everyone next to you. And then the album finishes with an Instagram live of him saying, I'm coming to you from heaven. Like he actually recorded a video on Instagram uh, while he was live saying that this is Juice World. I'm on heaven, whatever. And it's just, it's very emotional. And, a lot of the songs actually talk about his own awareness of drug abuse. And if I keep taking these pills, they're going to take me and whatever. And it's, it's a, it's a hard listen if you're a big juice world fan like myself, because 
he was very aware of his problems and he even he wrote and sang about it and unfortunately that's what did take his life so it's it is an emotional album but it's something that i think all juice world fans wanted and very appreciative of it i never i never really got into him um but any but any time that you see such a young artist death um it definitely hits a little bit differently so um, i might just have to go ahead and check that one out um you know to me Anytime an artist overdoses the way that they do, it's definitely bittersweet. So, you know, yeah, gonna definitely check that one out. So, number three for me, I have After Hours by The Weeknd. I know you, I know, I know you fuck with The Weeknd. Oh, yeah, right. I know you fuck with The Weeknd. That album was long awaited and it delivered. Big delivery. It delivered. So for me, it was on replay for about like a month right after it finished. It's still on replay right now. The weekend's just one of those guys, man. For me. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't really miss either. Yeah, yeah. Number two, Vic, give me your number two. Number two, After Hours by The weekend. Oh. So not, not much else to add to it besides the fact that I'm a huge, huge OVO fan. Not just obviously because you think OVO, you think Drake, like, I I like everyone who's a part of OVO. You got Roy Woods, you got The Weeknd, you got Party Next Door, Majid Jordan. Like they all have that same sort of flow and vibe to them. And After Hours was something that I think was long awaited. And I did say he doesn't miss, and I'm not going to call it a miss, but there was some projects that he put out that weren't necessarily his best work. And um, After Hours came through strong, and it's something that has been on repeat since it came out. And it's just there's so many different vibes on that album that i just I, I it was a great album yeah for sure definitely up there for me so my number two is uh drake sticking with ovo so dark link demo tapes uh just a little bit of, you know i don't even think it's considered an album i think he considered it an lp or a ep just yeah, a little project right little, little little teaser to what's coming up but you know all the songs are great um, very much so like summer vibes to it, especially at the time that it dropped, it was in the middle of COVID. It seemed like everything was going wrong. And again, Drake came in and, uh, kind of saved the world at that point. So number two for me, number one, number one should come as no surprise. I mean, maybe a little bit, because if you know that I'm a huge Drake fan, I didn't even have the dark lane demo tapes in my top five, but no surprise circles by Mac Miller. Um, oh, <clears throat> that did come out this year, did come out like January 17th. So it does feel like it's kind of been a long time, but for those Mac fans as big as myself, and I know you are a Mac fan as well. Uh, that was an album that hit. I know I was talking about juice roll being emotional, but like mm-hmm. I had, I was in Brazil when uh, circles dropped and I refused to listen to it until I got back home because I was having a great trip. It was the middle of summer and I knew the the mental toll was going to take on me to listen to that album. And the minute I started play, even if it was a happy song, I just got very emotional. And if you really start to dissect it and listen to the lyrics, I mean, Woods, I think I mentioned this a couple months ago, like Woods on that album is arguably my favorite song by Mac of all time. And it's remotely a fresh song. So there's a lot of songs on that that have messages about his life and all that. It was just, it was a great, great project. And Mac is another guy who rarely missed. He did have a couple of in the middle of his like drug phases, some some sort of weird albums. But this was a this was a hit all across the board. And it's something that I don't plan on stopping listening to anytime soon. To be completely honest, I haven't listened to Circles as much as I would want to. 
just because it gets me in a certain mood. Yeah. It gets me in a certain mood, and it's a beautiful album, start to finish. Uh, every time I listen to it, I miss Mac, but I feel like every time I listen to it, I just get down. And it's yeah, you gotta you gotta be mentally prepared to li- yeah. like. It's not like you listen to it to really get put in a good mood. No, it's it's a very it's a beautifully sad album. I would say. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. I, you know, it's it's exactly what I wanted it to be. You know, the album that didn't come out for him. Um, it's a beautiful album. I just can't get myself to listen to it. Though. Although, when Good News came out, it's funny because. The, that specific day i was having a really tough week both on mm-hmm. like at work with life with just with everything i was overwhelmed and everything and with when that song came out man like it just kind of like spoke to me in a way that i couldn't even express my own feelings have you ever had those moments where like you're feeling a certain type of way you can't ex- you can't find the words to express yourself but then you find a song that somehow yeah. ties it all up and kind of yeah no it, music music can do that and that's the beautiful part of music regardless of the artist but then you got a guy like mac who i followed so closely through high school and Mm -hmm. through very important years of of growing up and being a teenager and then you kind of learn things and life lessons and then he passes away and he and there's an album released with all the messages that circles has it's just it it really does speak to all of us yeah so to me to me that album was amazing I don't have it in the top five because, like I said, all the albums that I have in top five are constantly in repeat. You know, Circles isn't exactly one that when you're with your friends, like in the car, you know, you're not going to throw on Circles just because it's it's a very private – for me, it's like a private album that you want to kind of listen to when you're on your own, when you're feeling a certain type of way. So I haven't gotten as many plays on it as I have with the other five albums. But regardless, man, I think for me, beautiful, beautiful album, top five for me. But number one for me – I don't know how much you know about this guy. Have you ever heard of Anuel? I so I've only heard of him on that Meek Mill song, and he killed it on that verse. So that's that's as much as I know. Okay. So he's he's an interesting guy, man. He's an interesting guy. So he is probably the best trap artist in uh in in Spanish right now. Um, his name is Anuel. Obviously, he actually he went to jail for two years for gun possession. And right when he came out of jail, he released his, not this album, Emmanuel, but the last one, and he just took off. He took off, he started making singles, you know, he just took off. And, you know, he's got a certain flow about him, and just one thing that if you want to know about him, just one thing that he does is one of his ad-libs. Yeah, 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 I've heard that. And it's wet, bro, because, you know, the album will drop, and, you know, I'll just be hanging around, like, chilling around the house. I'll just just be going, (laughs) just randomly, you know? Because that's, that's how he is. So Emmanuel is the name of his album. Hits from start to finish. He's got great features. He's got two features with Bad Bunny on there. He's got OGs like Tego Calderon. It's a really cool album. I'm, I don't know if I would recommend it to those of you guys that may not know Spanish. But it's so good that I would recommend learning Spanish so that you can Okay, that's I like that. <laughs> so that's that's just for me. Again, these are personal for me. Uh, just an album that I anticipated. Um, I was waiting for it. It delivered, and it's been on repeat ever since. So special shout-out to Anuel real quick, hoping to hear more fire from him. And to wrap it all up today, today in sports, on a day like this, July 17th, 1994, 
Brazil wins its fourth World Cup title by beating Italy in penalties after the Roberto Baggio missed penalty in that blazing hot 100-degree final in Rose Bowl. So Brazil came away with the first ever World Cup final that went to penalties to earn their fourth World Cup. Brazil, Vic, are, are, yeah, that's a, that's a, right? that's a beautiful I, moment right? in history. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to bring it up on the show. <laughs> when I was looking for for what I should mention for this, I was thinking, you know, we might have a little bit of of a of a Brazil group, so you know, we might want to throw this one out there. So, special shout out to all the Brazilians out there for listening to the show. Special shout out to everybody that listened to the show, tuning in every week. We appreciate you guys as always. Make sure you guys check us out on all social media platforms. And as always, guys, we will see you next week. See ya. I spent the whole day in my head Do a little spring cleaning I'm always too busy dreaming Well, maybe I should wake up instead A lot of things I regret But I just say I forget Why can't it just be easy? Why does everybody need me to stay? Oh, I hate the feeling high but you underneath the ceiling got the cards in my hand i hate them yeah get everything i need and i'm gone but it ain't stealing can i get a break i wish that i could just get out my goddamn way what is it to say there ain't a better time than today Something beautiful, just go set it on fire